Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. amazing, awesome event, and it addresses something horrible that's going on in the world today, and you have made an impact through your donations, and you still can do that, and you can still give online as well if you're watching online, but we also have another, we're, we're going to look at a video because I don't know if you have heard about another um, catastrophe that's going on in our world today, so we have another opportunity to give, and this church is called to give to missions. This church is called to have an impact around the world through our giving. So this is another, we're going to watch a video here, and then Pastor Rich is going to come up and, and talk a little bit about what's going on and the opportunity that we have to give to help this situation. So we can go ahead and um, look at that video. Hey guys, I have one of my real good friends with me here. This is Cameron, and um, Cameron, uh, one, Cameron's a member of our church here, but he's also started a ministry that kind of, if I, if I get this wrong, you can correct me, right? Um, that kind of uh, helps, in Pakistan, it's not legal to be a Christian, right? So you have to uh, kind of be under underground, and so Cameron kind of helps uh, over there with ministry. He was, he's from Pakistan, uh, his family's from Pakistan, and uh, now they help try to, people that are in crisis over there, Christians that are, you know, in jail or whatever, to try to help get them safe. And so, uh, also, what we just saw here, too, is there's a huge flood in Pakistan, and uh, what they were showing there is there used to be a building there, it was a church where they gathered, and it got just wiped away. And so, um, why don't you share, what, what, did I miss anything? Did I um, mistake anything? Yes, there's, um, Sit down, Try again. You're good. I'll try again. Yes. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, so good to be back here. Um, after a few months, I was away from here, from the church. Um, the video you just saw, this was, there's more graphic pictures that I received that I was over and over receiving from Pakistan to support them. This specifically, the people that you see, these are uh, Hindu converted uh, families, two villages. We supported last year them, and Pastor Rich, you supported us also. We gave their first Christmas presents last year to them. And uh, this year, the nonstop heavy monsoon rains in all over Pakistan um, created 
that catastrophe, they're about 25% of the countries under the water, especially the flood zone areas. About 33 million plus people are affected by this. Uh, about 600,000 houses are affected directly. Um, and then there's a huge need of the food, uh, the food packages, the mosquito nets right now, um, tarps or tents that are needed. These two villages that we're showing in this one, we kind of adopted them, um, uh, working with them for since last year now. And there's a dire need of getting some food packages, mosquito nets, and all the other uh, things that are needed there. So they requested us, and then we passed the request to Pastor Rich and uh, through Anas. Um, and then I'm grateful that Believer Chapel being always helpful and hard for mission to support not only Pakistan and everywhere else in the world. So this is really uh, an urgent need that we're trying to address right now. So Cameron, when we uh, give today or any time to missions and specifically to this cause in Pakistan that we're doing now today, um, the money goes towards th the churches that are there to help help the cause there or does it go to another organization? So we, we have an organization over here that will you know receive all the donations on yeah. um, for, for the community there. And there will be, we have our feet on the ground there, and there are churches that are going to partner with us, and they will actually do all this relief work there, and uh, they'll do the distribution. So it's not like you're working with a very big, um, I'm not going to take a name of organization, like really big nonprofit, those who have like high overheads and costs and salaries. This is all volunteers from starting from the U.S. side all the way to Pakistan that are going to help there. So... Most of or every penny will be spent on the relief package as well as the logistics cost and stuff. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much and for being here today and for sharing with us and your heart for Pakistan and what you're doing there. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank, Thank you. You know, I just, when I uh, first became the pastor here, I, my heart was to reach this community, <laughs> and it still is. Don't get me wrong, we're gonna reach it. We've got some plans. I'll talk a little bit more about Dream Team, but it's amazing how God is using us around the world in Pakistan now, in China with Tony, Pastor, Pastor Tony and David, and in Sri Lanka, and India, and just, there's a lot of things. We, even just this year, I don't know, Mark's in here somewhere, I think we're right around $60,000 that we've given out to missions this year so to, to date, somewhere right around there. And so thank you for being a part. God is using us bigger than just Cicero and Syracuse area, but to help around the world. And so thank you guys for being a part. You guys online watch it today. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a part because of your ties, because of your special offerings to things like we Love 146 like we did yesterday. And today uh, we can help in all these different causes. And when you give to missions, it goes directly towards all of these different um, things, whether it's Pakistan or Love 146. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Can you guys just give yourselves a hand for being a part? And I wanna give a special thanks to all the people that volunteered yesterday at Love 146, especially Donna Sims, who uh, spearheaded this whole thing. Can you guys just give it up for all those people that helped? Thank you for making that happen. I think it's, it's a great cause, and we're gonna build on it uh, year to year, and 
uh, get the community more and more involved in other churches, and we're looking forward to that. All right, you guys ready? We're starting a new series today called Thought Pollution. Here's our graphic. It's a foggy mind. <laughs> if you can see it, there's like a lot of uh, pollution in this guy's head. So we're going to talk about that. This is the new series today, and we're going to be in here for a few weeks. And uh, just I'm going to just give you kind of a little bit of a premise of, about it by telling a story. So Fanny and Prasanna, they're from India, right? They were here with us a month ago, and they, uh, you know, they asked if they could cook for me and my family. And so I took them to Wegmans, and they love Wegmans. And uh, they, went, they had to buy all their different types of food to cook Indian food at our house. And we got to the rice aisle. And there's like, first of all, there's rice for Asian food, for Mexican food, for uh, uh, there's rice aroni, that's San Francisco food. There's all kind of, there's all kind of rice. And they were kind of like, we were in this rice aisle, and they were just like, man, America just has too many choices. There's like 15 types of rice. How many, how many types of rice do you guys need? By the way, everybody say hi to Fanny and Prasanna. They'll be watching this because I told them I'm going to be talking about them. So hi, Fanny and Prasanna. Okay, they're in India. And so, so they're just like, man, how many choices? You know, America is so blessed. We have so many things. So many things, so many choices, so many things. And so I was just thinking through this a little bit more. And, I, you know, I was at home and, you know, I have a TV and like many of you, but, and a phone. And I was realizing it used to be back when I was a kid, if we wanted to watch TV, first when I was growing up, uh, I didn't, I just had like three, five, and I remember when Fox came out, but just like five channels, four channels. And you had to watch cartoons on Saturday morning. That's the only time that came out. And then I remember I went to visit my friend in North Carolina, and they had cable, and they had this thing called Nickelodeon. And I was just like, I watched it the whole week I was there. I just, that's all I did in North Carolina is watch Nickelodeon. And it was so amazing, Nickelo Nick at Night and all these shows, and I was just amazed. And, and I think he had like, he probably had like 50 channels. <laughs> now, I go on my, on my, uh, my um, TV, and there's an app. Uh, called Netflix, right, that has hundreds of movies and hundreds of shows. And then I have Hulu that has hundreds of movies and hundreds of shows. And then I have uh, uh, Paramount that has all, their stuff, all these different apps. There's, there's like 50 apps that have hundreds and hundreds of shows. And so I can watch it anytime right now, even on my phone, because so, I have some of those apps. I, and, I, and by the way, I have game apps. I have all these things, all these choices that can just take up my time and my mind. At any time, I can watch anything on my phone. I can watch sports on my phone. I have ESPN+. Plus. I can watch the Penn State game and how they kicked Auburn's um, uh, butt yesterday. And uh, I, can, I can go, I can watch anything I want at any time, even on my phone. And so it's constant, like, just choices, 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 all these choices, right? And so uh, it's kind of a good thing, right? In one way, you think that would be a good thing. But another way... It's like I am totally distracted all the time. There's constant coming at me, constantly things to do, constant things to watch. I never, I never have time to even think. I was talking to uh, Robert here uh, last week at uh, Encounter, and he was talking to me back at his home. He says, we didn't have all these choices. He's talking about how America, we have all these choices to do all these things. We're busy. It's busy in America. But, he, you know, he's not from America. He's from the Caribbean. And so he's like, um, you know, uh, at home, we just have work, our family, and church. And my wife and I were just like drooling. Oh, that'd be really nice. 
We don't have all these busy things to do all the time. And I have, for like many of you, I have kids, I have multiple kids, and we have sports on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and now Sunday. And it's like every single day a kid has a sport. Every single day we have school. Every single day we have work. Every single day I'm bombarded by all kind of stuff that I could watch and want to watch at times uh, just coming at me in this, like this, just, this, this bombardment of entertainment and things and news and media and and, and by the way, when we, do, when we don't, aren't on those, we have other people saying, hey, would you do this? Hey, can you do that? Oh, you have to do things. And so this is nonstop. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only person that um, recognizes all this, this stuff coming in? So my question today, though, is has this luxury of being in America actually become a curse? Has our, uh, our, our blessings and all the things that we have taken the place of better things? Maybe we're substituting all these things and all this entertainment and all these sports and all these uh, things for, for uh, we're substituting them for a greater purpose, a greater cause. Has anybody thought about that? Have they become a distraction to us? I think the answer is an easy yes. I think all of us would say that, that, yeah, okay, we're dealing with some thought pollution here today. You see, some of us may say, well, it's not that big a deal. It's just how it is. It's 2022. Get used to it, Pastor Rich. You're being old, right? But let me just kind of uh, identify a couple of problems with this, with all of this bombardment of things on our brain. Uh, we have a purpose, a bigger purpose than sports, a bigger purpose than education, a bigger purpose than what uh, Netflix show we're watching. We have a bigger purpose than uh, even some of the friends that we hang out with. You see, God has created each and every single one of us uh, for a great cause. Inside of you lives this, this longing this, this, uh, to have this dwelling place for God. And if we don't fill that up with him, it will always be empty and we'll keep swirling around things to try to fill that void to no end and to no pleasure and to no fulfillment. We must realize that we have a greater purpose and a greater cause for our life. We have a purpose, uh, and these things distract us from that way. It distracts us from the greater purpose that God has for our lives. It causes us to, use, to live a purposeless life. Now, when I die, which will happen one day, hopefully not too soon, even though I did just have a birthday last week, right? Uh, one day when I die, I don't want on my tombstone it to be say, oh, Pastor Rich, he was really good at golf and skiing and loved this one show, and then he died. <laughs> right? I want my life to mean something. I want to do something before I leave. I want people, and with me, uh, it may be different than you, but I want to make sure that people have an opportunity to know who Jesus is because Jesus is the Savior of the planet. He's my savior in my life. He's my best friend. And he has a great plan and purpose for each of our lives. And I want everybody to know about this Jesus. And so I will do whatever I can to try to make that happen. I don't want it to be distracted by all these other things. And settle for what is better. This, these, this pollution causes us to live purposeless, useless, or I'd call it hamster wheel lives. You ever, ever, anybody have a hamster? <laughs> I got a funny hamster story. <laughs> I won't tell it today. Um, but you've seen the hamster in a hamster wheel, right? And they're just running, running. And they never get anywhere. 
It's like, where's this thing going? It's just going into, right? It's getting exercise. It's like a treadmill, right? Uh, but that's how we live our lives, just going nowhere because we're constantly distracting. We think we're moving. We think we're doing a lot. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But really, we haven't accomplished anything because we're just so busy with useless things. And so um, I wanted to talk to, to you and, and bring this story to the scriptures, right? And so in the Bible, there's this awesome story about this guy named David. And David was, uh, at this time, in this story, was a teenager and probably a little bit of an older teenager. And he was a shepherd. He was the youngest of Jesse's sons. Jesse had many sons. And David was the smallest and the youngest. And at this time in the story of David's life, the, his nation, Israel, was going to war against the Philistines. And so David's older brothers were down at a battlefield fighting against the Philistines. And the Philistines had this one big, giant warrior, kind of just stronger, bigger, taller than everybody else. And he would come out and say, if any one of you can come and defeat me, then I will, we will surrender to you. And if I beat them, you have to surrender to us. And he was defiling Israel. He was just trash-talking Israel, just saying, you guys are cowards. You're no good. We're going to take over your land. You're all going to die. And so this guy was just taunting Israel. And so David was not in the army yet. He was kind of young, too young. And, but his dad told him one day, hey, go take some food down to your brothers and go uh, take these sandwiches, <laughs> the snack packs, Capri Suns, right? And take it, go take this down to your brothers um, and feed them because they're just, they're at, they're at war. So David gets down there. And when David's down here, now David, he had a purpose. He knew he had a purpose, and it was more than bringing sandwiches to his brothers. And so when he got down here and he saw this big giant named Goliath start taunting Israel and saying, you guys are horrible, you're weak, and I'm, you, nobody can face me, David was distraught. He was like, uh, how, why are we putting up with this? He's fighting against God's people. See, David knew that Israel was God's people. He was God's people, David was. And so when he, when he saw this, he was distraught. And he started, he started saying, what is going on? I need to do something about this. But right away, David faced thought pollution. And so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I'm going to um, just kind of go through this. I, got, I caught you up to the story, and this is where we're at. And so David comes. He's got the sandwiches. He's with his brother. And in verse 28 of seven, uh, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, um, uh, verse 28 says, when, when Eli, Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger towards David and said, asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? See, David was a, was a, a farmer. He's a sheep herder. That's what's his job. He's supposed to watch all the sheep. And so Eliab, his older brother's like, David, what are you doing here? Stop talking about this giant making fun of us. Just go home. You're supposed to be watching the sheep anyway. You're just a little runt, you know, kind of just speaking, speaking against his brother. And he, um, and, uh, he says, and, and now you've look how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came only down to watch the battle. And so he's like, David, you know, he's just basically tearing down his brother. Thought pollution number one. David has a purpose. He knows he's meant for more than this. In fact, before this, 
years before this, he was already anointed by the prophet saying that, David, you're gonna be the next king of Israel. So David has all this, but it's not true yet. So he goes down there, he sees this guy coming against his na- going to be nation, and his brother just tears him down. Now, has anybody ever had anybody tear you down? Whether it's just, how many of you siblings, right? Siblings, family members are really good at tearing each other down. They know our buttons to press, right? They know, they know <laughs> which ones to get us riled up. And so, uh, you know, this is how it is right here. Eliab is like, David, you're just a sheep herder. Go home. And so David had this thought pollution one. Am I going to listen to my brother or am I gonna fight through these obstacles, this thought pollution? You know, many years ago, um, I, I worked at a small church in Louisiana and, you know, there may be 100 people there and they didn't have anybody to lead worship. And so I had learned how to play guitar when I was 16 here at this church as a teenager because in my small group, my crew, nobody knew how to lead worship. So I learned how to play guitar. So I learned how to sing and, and play guitar. And so when I was at this church now, I, I, they didn't have any lead worship, so I started leading worship. But I was not very good at leading worship, and that's why I'm not on the stage leading worship, and Bernie is. But, hey, I, had a, I, had, I know how to play guitar. I can sing okay. And I, nobody else is doing it, so I'm gonna do it. And so I'm like, we need to get in the presence of God. I don't care how I sound. I'm gonna, we're gonna do it. And I would just remember, it's clear as day, after getting done leading worship one time, this, this big guy in the back said to me, said, Rich, make sure you don't quit your day job. <laughs> I'm just like, thought pollution number one. And every time to this day, when I get up to sing with you guys or to like go in another space or even in prayer when we have encounter nights, that thought comes to my mind. Isn't that crazy? That was like 30 years ago, like 20 years ago. Like, and I have to deal with that thought pollution and say, no, 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 I don't care if I sound horrible. These guys maybe forgive me and if they don't ever come back because the pastor can't sing, oh, oh well, because I'm gonna lead people into worship because worship is the deal, right? And so David had to go, kind of go through this, but all of us have to go through this, right? We are, uh, maybe here today, you were told by your parents, or by a sibling, or by a coworker, or a boss, hey, don't quit your day job. In other words, hey, you suck at this. Do something else with your life. Can you do anything right? David had to push through this. Thought pollution number one. Thought pollution number two. In verse 31, now the king hears about David's um, mouth and how he's boasting like, this guy can't talk to us like this, talking about Goliath. Goliath can't talk to us. And, and so the word gets back to the king and the king says, I want to bring David before me. And so in verse uh, 31, uh, it says, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, Saul is the king, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. David, the teenager, is gonna go fight Goliath. And Saul said, oh, no, 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 no. He says, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight against him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. The king is saying to David, David's like, I'll go fight this guy. Nobody else has the um, guts to do it. So I'll just, I, I'm gonna do it. And Saul's like, no, 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 no. You're too young. You're just a boy. You can't do it, right? So here's 
thought pollution number two. You're too young. Or this is from the source of authority in his life. This is the king. Maybe you're here today and you've been put down by authority in your life doubting you. Maybe it's your parents again. Maybe it's um, a boss. Maybe it's church hurt. Maybe you've been hurt by church leadership. We know as a church in the past, this church has hurt many people, not intentionally, but because of bad decisions or because of ignorance or different things that people have been hurt even in this place. And maybe you were one of those people, maybe you're watching online, you were hurt at this church or maybe another church or maybe by some kind of spiritual leadership. And I want you to know from me, I'm sorry. I want you to know that God has purposes and plans for each and every single one of you in this place and watching online. And that we all face thought pollution at times. And if yours was because of the church, I am sorry. But please push through it. Because God has greater things for you. And so David... David is hurt here, is, is, well, I don't know if he's hurt or not, but he is put down by leadership, the king. The king says, you can't do this, you're too young. It's his authority. It's the one that he's supposed to encourage him. It's the one that's supposed to champion him and say, you can do this. And instead he gets, no, 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 you're too little. Then, last but not least, of course, he gets pollution from Goliath. In verse 42, David said to the Philistine, uh, I'm sorry, back up, let's see. Uh, he looked at David over, he looked David over, saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David's third First pollution was from his own family. The second one was from his authority. And the third one was from his enemy. Now, the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. And he comes at us in our minds nonstop, and he is persistent. He will tell us all of these things that we picked up from the past that you, can't, you shouldn't lose your day job, that you should, you're too little, that oh, you're just, just a sheep herder. Oh, you're just, uh, you're no good at uh, English. <laughs> you're no good at whatever. And he will come and continue to put pollution in our minds over and over and over and over again. You won't make it. You're no good. Why are you even alive? You have no purpose. Your life is pointless. Has anybody heard this enemy before? And Goliath was doing this to David again and again. So here's David. He's got these thought pollutions. One, two, three. His friends and family, his authority, and his enemy. They're all coming against him. We, like, just like David, have the same thing. We have friends and family members that don't always believe in us. We have authority that don't act how they ought to and sometimes are, are, are just malicious. And then three, we have an enemy that we know is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And will do whatever he can to trick and dupe us from not hearing the truth. But David somehow overcame this thought pollution. 
He overcame these voices. Number one, and I want to share just four reasons, and then we'll we'll get to the, we'll get to a close here. Number one, David knew who he belonged to. David knew whom he belonged to. In verse twenty-six. David says, David, David asks the men standing near him, what will be done for this man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see, David knew that he belonged to God's army. He believed that Israel was God's people. He believed that he was God's person, one of them. And so he knew that when the enemy came and spoke against him, or his brother spoke against him, or the king spoke against him, this guy was not speaking truth. He was a liar, talking about Goliath. He was speaking lie. He was spewing false uh, words. And David had enough, and he was standing up against it because David knew the truth of who he belonged to. We belong to God's army. You belong to God. And when the enemy comes against you, he comes against God. When the enemy comes against you, he comes against God. I'm going to say it again. When the enemy comes against you, he's coming against God. You are God's people. You have him inside of you. If you've received Jesus as your Lord, then you have all the power that, that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. You are God's children. And when anything comes against you, when the, the enemy comes against you, when, the, when, when circumstance comes against you, it comes against God because you and him are one. And you should walk in that and you should learn how that looks better and you should understand that clearer. Number two, David stepped out in faith, verse 32. Number one, he knew who he belonged to. Number two, he stepped out. David just didn't talk about it. He didn't say, oh, somebody needs to stand up against this guy. Oh, somebody needs, hey, hey, uh, brother, what's his name? Whatever your name is that just made fun of me. Uh, you should go fight him. What is wrong with you? He didn't try to get everybody else to do stuff. He went and did, he stepped up. And he stepped out in faith. Some of us are really good at just telling other people they ought to step up in faith with ourselves when we aren't doing anything. It's time for us to step up and do what God's called us to do. In verse 32, I was supposed to read that. It says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I'm going to go fight him. If nobody else is going to fight him, are you guys going to be here doing nothing? I'm going to go fight him. I don't care if the whole country is doing nothing about this Goliath. I'm going to go do something about it. And sometimes you and I have to do stuff that God's called us to do, whether nobody else is doing it or not. I don't care if anything else is, anybody else is going to do anything about this child sex slavery thing going on, but we're going to do something about it. I don't know if anybody's going to do anything about people knowing who Jesus is, but we're going to do something about it. I don't care if anybody else, we're going to do something about it. Number three, David remembered God's past. He remembered his past. He remembered what God did. I'm sorry, God, he remembered what God did in his past. Verse 34 through 37, it says, but David said to Saul, so this is after Saul said, no, 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 you can't do it, you're too little. He says, wait a second, Saul, listen. Your servant, I have been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. 
When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. We need to remember what God has already done. He has rescued you from hell. He has rescued you from financial troubles. He has rescued you from health issues. And he will do it again and again and again and again. The same God, the same God that was with you will be with you again. As a new young lead pastor of this church, I remember how God used me in a small little church in uh, Louisiana to reach many, many kids and fix a church that was broken and bring many kids to Jesus. I remember coming here 20 years ago as a youth pastor when God brought me here to fix a youth group that was in disarray, to say the least, I could tell you some stories, and bring that back to fruition again. And I believe that what God did in the past, he'll do it again even now for this church because God did it before, he'll do it again. Not because of me. Not because of me, but because God is a restorer. God is a healer. God fixes things. He breathes life into things. He is not dead. He is not sleeping. He is not weak. He is stronger than your enemy. He's stronger than your thought pollution. He's stronger than Netflix. He knows how to get things done. And when we come to him and let him use us and step out in faith, then God is there with us. He's in the fire with us when we go through tough times too. We sang it today. So David knew who he belonged to. Number one, David stepped out in faith. Number two, and David remembered his past with God. Number four, last, David knew who God made him. You see, each and every single one of you are extremely unique. Nobody is like anybody else in here. Well, yeah, you have arms like everybody else. You have eyes, but your personality is different. The way you hear from God is different. The, the gifts that God has given you is different. The way you think is different. You are uniquely made. Every single one of you have, you know, unless something's happened to them, you have 10 fingers. And every single one of you have different thumbprints. Of all the billions of people in the world, you're the only one that has them just like you. You are uniquely made. And God, and God made all of us that way. And he made David that way. And David knew it. And so in verse 38, when Saul said to him, hey, why don't you, uh, if you're going to go out and fight this guy, um, why don't you just wear my armor then? And so Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put his coat of armor on him and bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And finally, David says, I can't use these. He said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off and then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of the shepherd's bag and with his thing in his hand, approached the Philistine. You see, Saul was trying to put himself onto David. So David, you should be like me. You should wear my armor and my tunic and go out and fight this guy. And David tried. He tried to, put, tried to be like the king. But you know what? David wasn't the king yet. And David didn't wear the same size clothes as the king. And a lot of us try to be like other people. We try to uh, act, oh, if I could only uh, be like this person, or if I could only look like that person, or if I could only make as much money as that person, or if I could only be as happy as that person, if I could only preach like this person. God says, no, I made you David. 
you're the boy with the slingshot and the stones. You know how to use them on the lion and the bear. You'll know how to use it because I gifted you to use it. And you have what it takes to go defeat whatever enemy comes your way because God has made you unique. Don't try to be like other people. Don't try on other people's armor. God made you how you were supposed to be. So David had all this thought pollution and he overcame these thought pollutions by knowing who he belonged to, by stepping out of faith, by remembering his past and knowing who God made him to be. We need to do the same. We need to cut pollution out of our lives. I wanna show you a picture. This is actually a picture that just happened not long ago. This is in Manila in the Philippines. The, I don't know if you can see this, but the bottom picture is the before picture. They had a huge trash problem. This is full, this waterway, this bay is full of trash and human feces. And it was stinky and it's right there by the city. You can watch videos on this, of this cleanup effort. And just over the last couple months, uh, it looks like the top picture now. And they've cleaned it up. They've got rid of the pollution. Some of you in this place need to clean up some pollution that's going on in your mind. Some of you are believing some of the lies that you've heard in the past. Some of you go back to the very sources of those lies for advice. What is wrong with you? I'm sorry. Go to somebody that speaks truth into your life. Go to somebody that believes in you. Go to this word that speaks the truth about who you are. Some of you are wrapped up in this pollution so much and so overcome by all the world has to offer that you can't even, you, you can't, you don't know who you are. You don't know the purposes that God has in your life. Maybe you don't even, but I'm telling you today, you don't have to carry this trash around any longer. You can get rid of the pollution. You can get rid of the, the chaos, the fog that it brings. And you can walk in clarity knowing that you have a greater purpose than, than being consumed and being a consumer of all these things that the world has to offer. I remember when um, I was at the, you know, last week I showed the pictures on the Via Ferretta, the, uh, the cliff that I was on 5,000 feet up in the air this summer. And that was, it was 2.2 miles that we walked on, these, on this thing. And at the end of it, we had to walk up some hills. And I was so out of shape. Like, I thought I was gonna puke everywhere. By the way, a couple of people did throw up yesterday at the level 146, I just want you to know, from running. <laughs> I won't say any names, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me, not this time, because I didn't really run the whole thing. <laughs> if I would've run it, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm on this Via Ferretta, and I'm trying not to lose my marbles. And I realized in that moment, it's like, why am I carrying around this extra weight that I have on my body? I don't need this. This is slowing me down. This is bogging me down. And sometimes we have to come to a point of like, why am I carrying all this heaviness in my mind around? Why am I so preoccupied all the time? Why am I so busy? Busy is not a good word, by the way. I think it should be a cuss word. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> Let's make it a church cuss word, okay? Anytime somebody says, hey, how you doing? Oh yeah, I've just been busy. Oh, <laughs> all of us are busy, but we should not be. Right? Who's busy in the Bible, by the way? Who's the one hurrying around all the time? The devil. Not Jesus. In fact, Jesus' friend died. He waited three days to go raise him from the dead. He wasn't in a hurry even raising his own friend. 
imagine that. Anyway, I'm off track. So you don't have to live in this fog anymore. Stop the noise pollution. This is, by the way, this is an endless wrestle. I know. Like I fight, I fight this every day. But we have to be vigilant in this fight against noise pollution. We have to fight against all of this, this that comes against the world. We have to pri- do this by prioritizing our time. What is the most important thing in your life? Is the most important thing in your life should be your relationship with Jesus Christ, your family next, and then what God has to do with you, has, what God has you to be, right? And then a job and maybe, you know, entertainment sports after that. Not the other way around. Not pollution first. Some of you have used all the noise pollution just to numb the real issues going on in your heart. I want to encourage you that it doesn't last. Get, talk to somebody. Find somebody that can help you. Another thing is some of you may not know who you are, who you to be. Maybe you've never had a prophecy. I want to tell you today that we're going to have an altar team come up in just a second, and we're going to pray over people. We're going to ask that God would touch people and speak to people. We have people on this altar team that hear from God and will speak into your life some of the things that he may say. Maybe you can't hear from God yourself. So people, um, you got to test this with the Bible and make sure it lines up. But some people can hear from God and pray for you and pray over you. I'm going to close with this story. A man found an eagle's nest and put it in the nest. I'm sorry, I'm gonna start over. A man found an eagle's egg and put it in a nest of a barnyard hen. The eaglets hatched with a brood of chicks and grew up with them. All his life, the eagle did what the barnyard chicks did, thinking that he was a barnyard chick. He scratched the earth for worms and insects. He clucked and cackled, and he would thrash his wings and fly a few feet into the air. Years passed and the eagle grew very old. One day, he saw a magnificent bird above him in the cloudless sky. It glided in graceful majesty among the powerful wind currents with scarcely a beat of its strong golden wings. The eagle looked up in awe and said, who's that? He asked. That's the eagle, the king of the birds, said his neighbor. He belongs to the sky. We belong to the earth. We are chickens. So the eagle lived and died a chicken, for that's what he thought he was. It'd be a real tragedy for us to live and die without knowing who God has really made us to be. God has made you to fly. He's made you more like an eagle than a chicken. He's made you to be like him, not the world. Could you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you, God, for all that you've done in our lives. God, we, you've rescued us, you've saved us, not just so we can go to heaven, but because you have great purpose and some plans for our lives, because you want an intimate relationship with each and every single one of us. So God, I pray that today that you would help us to rid ourselves of thought pollution. God, and instead, walk in who you've called us to be, knowing you. Help us to keep our priorities straight. Help us, God, to know who we are and to find who that is. Even if it's today to respond to this and and have somebody pray over us and impart into us life. We thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm gonna ask uh, Bernie to come. And I want to ask the altar team to come. And uh, as we close today, if you really don't know who you are in Christ, uh, what God has for you and plans you have, I want to encourage you to come and let somebody pray for you today. If you're here today and maybe you don't have a relationship with God 
and you say, you know what, I need to start there because I don't even, I, I've never even received forgiveness for, for, and received what God did for me on the cross. And if that's you here today, I wanna just say this prayer with you. Would you say, everybody around this place, say this prayer with those that may wanna say this for the first time. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross so that I can know you. Help me to know you, to live for you, and find the things you have for me. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that did that in this place. I, I want to also just say, if you did that today, if that's the first time you said that prayer, please let us know. You can text the number 315-444-2100. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. For everybody else, thank you for coming. As um, We have a dream team meeting in just 30 minutes, so uh, stay for that for the, all the volunteers. But please, if you want somebody to pray for you, maybe you don't know who you are, maybe you just want confirmation, come, let some of these people pray for you. They operate in healing. They know how to hear from God and they can speak over your lives today. I'm convinced of that. God bless you and have a great week. Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're gonna follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.